Hello and welcome to Juggling Podcast number 27. Uh, my name is Luke Burge and this is Paula Brentler. And uh, we're actually uh, in the van, uh, we're travelling, we're on the road and we're somewhere, well actually where are we Paula? I've got no idea. I think it's somewhere between Erlangen and Nuremberg. Okay, so uh, in the middle of the south of Germany somewhere. And yeah, we're on the road. And uh, because we're on the road, there was no podcast last week. So uh, probably won't be another podcast next week. So I think that the idea of keeping up doing juggling podcasts while we're traveling on the road in the van isn't very realistic of doing them one every week. So one every about two weeks is probably what we're going to do. So the next one should be out just before the EJC. Then one after the EJC sometime. We probably won't be putting stuff online while we're at the EJC. But don't worry, we'll be getting lots more stuff at the EJC, of course, I've got lots of people who uh, I want to interview and say they want to be interviewed by me as well. So we'll get lots of that. But not just interviews at the EJC. We'll be, of course, rec- recording some kind of report from the convention, Polo and I, and we'll be doing, you know, talking about what we're getting up to, workshops we've been to, shows we've seen, and we'll talk to the organisers and performers and just jugglers and stuff like that, like we did at the BJC, which seemed to go down really well, didn't it, Polo? You got lots of response from that, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, and also there's something else, something a little bit special that I want to do, is record some workshops. Actually, when I do a workshop, um, record them and then release them as podcasts because some of the workshops that we've done have gone down well. And also, one final thing that I'd really love to do is a debate, uh, like more of a formal debate of some kind which will be like um i say a formal debate it means like one person gets five minutes as an opening statement then the other person gets five minutes to give their opening statement and then sort of rebuttal periods and question and answers and stuff five minutes is really long it's really long should be less i think no i think when you're in a debate and you've got to do an opening statement five minutes to get your points across five minutes is a really really small uh period of time the idea is that we'll actually have these as a workshop they'll last about an hour long and we'll get two people to discuss sort of big questions or you know relevant questions to the juggling community and the juggling world or performing and things like that and there'll be a small live audience and at the end of the debate you know we'll sort of uh, uh, you know do a wrap-up and we'll see whose opinions have been changed maybe a show of hands from the audience and see you know if anyone's made up their mind about something or or who won the debate if someone can win the debate and um, I don't want winners you don't want winners? No. But that's I want what someone to say what he liked about it and which opinion he thinks is good. No, but Polo, the whole... I don't want someone to be the winner. But Polo, this is the whole point about a formal debate, is that someone comes out and they win the debate. That's the whole point. No, I think it's to be... To, to give your opinion across. So we'll have formal discussions then, if, if Paula has her way. If you want to be taking part in any of these debates, um, we'll probably do two debates on subjects if people get in, in contact. I could, I could, you know, argue either side of pretty much any debate because, you know, I've got strong opinions either way and can be probably quite convincing. But I would rather be the host of the, d- the debates and we'll get... Um, you know, other people to uh, actually do the debating. One thing that I'd really love to do a debate about is this question. Are juggling competitions good for juggling? And uh, that would focus on sort of like individual jugglers, uh, like the wider development of juggling skills in general and actually the sort of good or bad influences on the juggling world, you know, sort of in general as well. So I think that would be a really, really good debating topic. So if you want to debate that with me, against me, or, you know, against somebody else, and you can take either the side of saying, yes, juggling competitions are good for juggling, or juggling competitions are bad for juggling, you know, so you can know the yes or no position. Uh, If you want to do this, email me, and we'll get it set up sometime at the EJC, and prepare some good arguments if you've got some... um, 
good stories or anything like that that we can present as some kind of debate that would be working well. Or if you have a really good idea for another topic. What are some of the topics that we we came up with? One was sort of like... um, uh, what was this one? Oh yeah, is circus or like traditional circus? Is it still appealing as an art form or still appealing as family entertainment? I think that would be quite an interesting debate. You know, to actually talk about sort of like the relevance of of traditional circus in today's world. Also, there was this uh, discussion that I read online. I can't remember which forum it was on, and it said that juggling isn't a real profession. It's something you can do for a living, but it's not a real profession. Um, because it doesn't have sort of like set ethics or rules or contracts and things like that. There's not uh, like a uh, an acknowledged um, kind of like readily agreed perception of juggling as a profession. There's lots of different ways about it. So I think the question, is juggling a profession, would be quite an interesting debate. And if you've got um, any ideas one way or the other or any views on one way or the other of these things, email us. Or email me, Luke at juggler.net. And uh, yeah, and I'd love to love to love to hear from you about these different kind of things. So I think that's like setting up what we'd love to do at the EJC and have maybe, you know, some future podcasts, an actual like formal debate between between two different sides. And like I say, I can take either side in, in a few of these arguments because I could I, I reckon with the juggling competitions I could I could make a good case either way. So if you want to uh, join in please join in. And these will be up on the workshop board at the EJC. So anyone who wants to uh, listen to the debate or see it live can come along and join in. Is that it for the EJC and future news? I think it is. Should we talk about current news or news just gone? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're on the road. Uh, Actually, Paula, you explain what we're doing at the moment. Um, We're taking part in some festivals. So last weekend it was um, Bamberg Zaubert. And next weekend it will be Augsburg. And after these bad experiences that we had in Gütersloh, I guess some of of you listened to the podcast when we were really annoyed with the organizers and with the whole situation. Uh, we are really happy with Bamberg now. Yeah, for, for the thing is with about Gütersloh is that there was a competition, but we only had uh, like two shows to do, and um, the, uh, the the whole thing was set up badly. And the, the the way that we could have won, well, we didn't win because we had some bad shows, but then we never had enough good shows to get any votes for the audience prize. So this time at Bamberg, we really, really went for it. We thought, you know, after the bad experience at Gütersloh, this time we're going to go for it, and we're going to see if we can, um, you know, do well in the competition. Uh, carry on with the story, Paula. Yeah, and we won. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> woohoo! So uh, the way it worked is that you know we did like lots of shows, and you know lots of other artists did lots of shows. There was 42, 42 shows that were in for the competition, plus another sort of like fifteen or so shows that weren't in for the competition. And it was an audience vote, so everyone was given, you know, people were given out lots of, um, you know, tickets, and you tick the name and fill the name in at the back. And yeah, um, the the most appealing show, the most the the, the show that was most voted for by the audience was was us was our show yeah after we had two really bad sh- or not bad shows uh, not good shows on Friday because we had crap pitches we decided Friday night that we'll go for the audience prize <laughs> and we did and it was really really good fun yeah, we did we we had like two extra shows a day on on pitches that that weren't announced so that we could get more votes and of course in that way, we made more money as well with the show. So it was all in all, I think, really 
good <laughs> exciting and successful so we're really really hyped up about that we're giving each other high fives all the time and saying woo and we're really hyped up for for augsburg as well it is actually our first big win at a big festival like last year we went in well it's actually the only the third street show festival we've entered we came third in the first one last year in lensburg in gutersloh well it wasn't a big competition we talk about that anymore. yeah we won't talk about that anymore but now in uh, in uh, bamberg yeah it was great stuff and just a few of the shows that we did that we think got the votes that we we wanted to one of the, the like uh, one of our pitches were cancelled on the Saturday and so Polo goes well I'll go and see if I can find an extra uh, an extra pitch or an extra slot somewhere so she went down and sat at the organizers table like for well how long were you there you're waiting for a show for a while I then. just said I, I decided I won't get up before I get like the best show that I I could get. So what happened in the evening? There was this band that was playing, quite a big band. I don't know who they were, but doing lots of you know rock music and covers and things like that. And at the end of that, there was maybe about three thousand people in this square, all sitting at tables watching the show. And um, and we managed to, or Polo managed to snag for us the show between the end of the big band and the start of the big show in the evening. And the people who just watched the big show. You know, they weren't giving any money to the people in the big show, and they weren't giving any money to the people in the uh, in the in the rock band, of course. So it was just no, this half hour show. Sli- yeah? The big show was artists. It was called Magic Night, but oh. all the magicians yeah. were entering there, so they took money. But that was before us. So uh, no, that was after us. Uh, yeah, that was after. That was us. So, so what we what we managed to do is get this big thing, but it was because it was this big rock concert taking place beforehand. I wasn't quite sure what to do. We couldn't go on stage because we were filling the time of them clearing the stage and then getting the stage set again for the next show. And in front of the stage, there wasn't a lot of space because there was tables there and lots of kids standing around. So I just said, hey, tell you what, I'm going to get up and perform on the tables. And of course, it's sort of like this big sort of beer fest kind of German sort of square set up. Loads of tables there, loads of people drinking beer. And I just like stood on one of the tables at the front, got some people to hold on to the table because it was like a, a wobbly sort of camping table, kind of outdoor kind of table thing. And uh, yeah, did a whole Diablo routine standing on top of the table. We did our art of juggling routine as well, actually just down on the floor, but we got everyone to to by that time everyone was a bit more into it and then we you know passed clubs over you know between three tables or something over the heads of lots of people drinking beer um but that worked well didn't it we didn't fall down no we didn't fall down well i actually fell off expected that i i sort of fell off the table once yeah if you ever try to do a pirouette (laughs) on a really small wobbly table it turns out it's actually really quite scary once you're up there no, it did. Uh, it, it all went really well, and the pictures from the event looked fantastic. Sort of like a sea of maybe two, three thousand people all sitting down, and me like standing on the t- table on top of it. You know, on top of everyone doing diablos. Um, yeah, and that was that was a good fun show, wasn't it? Yeah. And the final show that we did, because we'd already won and we didn't really need the votes and we only had a few minutes because someone was running late and there was a big fire show starting. I did a um, the honest street show. I did a fifteen minute show and did uh, like. All of the stuff, not the art of juggling kind of street show, but sort of the uh, the really cheesy street show that we normally do. But I told the audience exactly what I was doing all the way through. Like, hey, I'm getting this small child out. I don't care about the small child. Just want to make it look silly. And it's a way to get money from the parent of the small child. And look. And I just went through everything that I said, said all of the really old, tired street show lines. Um, you actually use them? Yeah, I often, I often use them in the street show. But um, all the original lines that I normally do and all the, like, the, the spontaneous comedy, I left all that out and just did the, like a really old, dry street show routine but told the audience exactly what I was doing as I went along and, yeah, and uh, you did it in like uh, fast forward oh yeah totally well. high speed as well yeah and it was 
and it was really good fun. And we actually didn't make any less money on that show than we did for similar size. We could have made more money if you wouldn't have just gone away with a head afterwards. Yeah, but I needed to clear out. Yeah, actually, still in in fast forward. (laughs) Yeah, I did fast forward money collection. Sort of just went around the front row and then got off stage and cleared up so the next artist could get on. Anyway, so we had a really really good festival, and maybe well, you got a video of that last year. Hottest festival ever, except. Winchester. Yeah, actually, uh, no. I think it was hotter than Winchester. Yeah. I think. No. Because we we had the possibility of shade sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. We could Winchester, get in the shade. We didn't. That is true. Winchester last year was a bit much. Uh, normally we turn up somewhere, we maybe do two shows, and um, my shirt is okay because we were in a theatre and stuff. And here I, I only had one shirt with me, and we did twelve shows. And one of the temperatures that we performed in was forty-two degrees. Forty-two degrees, and my shirt was completely black at the end of it. Um, anyway, as I was saying, the, the video, the video of that last show that I did, of the fast forward, the fast forward honest street show. I actually got a video of that. Maybe I'll put it online sometime because it was, uh, it was quite silly and quite amusing. Okay, so um, that's a, we've gone on way too long, Polo, about us going, woohoo, we're winners, and way, aren't we cool? Like 10 minutes on Bamberg. So anyway, let's move on to the... the you did. What? You did. Okay. I, I did it shortly. I said, we won! And that was my explanation. Okay, so let's move on now to... Um, the, yeah, actually, the main bulk of this email, uh, email um, uh, podcast, I wanted to actually talk about um, juggling clubs. I haven't mentioned it so far, but I guess it'll be in the title of the podcast, Juggling Clubs. Um, not the kind of juggling clubs that you go to meet your friends at and, you know, um, you know, juggle with each other and chat and drink coffee and drink and stuff like that. It's actually, I'm talking about clubs that you juggle, also known as uh, pins or skittles or bulletproof glowing batons. Um, maybe four people will get that joke. Anyway, so uh, we talked... Germany- Kegel. Kegel, yeah. So um, so we we talked a, a few weeks ago, I think it was maybe a month ago now, because we've not been doing shows so often, about balls and what balls to buy and which ones I was recommending. And pretty much the message that I had with balls was buy as many sets as bo- of balls as you need, because, you know, you're going to, you know, they don't take up too much room. They're not too expensive. Just buy balls until you get a, a set of balls that you're happy with. You'll probably change, your taste will change over time. The thing is with clubs, and I mentioned it in that podcast, is that they're quite expensive compared to balls and they take up a lot of rooms you can't really store that many or carry that many around with you so when you buy a set of clubs you really want to buy a set of clubs that you're going to be happy with now in the last podcast i talked about like each ball we talked about each ball individually you know and talked about different brands and what's good about them here i'm not actually going to recommend any specific brand over any other i'm just going to go through various points of juggling club design and show how the different designs of clubs means they're good in different ways so when you actually go and try out clubs because this is the best thing you do you just go around and try as many clubs as you possibly can and when you're at a juggling convention go around all the traders and try all these different clubs as they that you possibly can yeah, and or just go along the gym and try them out yeah of, just of friends and yeah that's what i'm saying so try out everything that you possibly can all the different types of clubs that you can but the the what i'm saying is that i'll sh- show you some of the points to look out for just show you if a club would be suitable for you or if it's a good club to juggle with or a bad club to juggle with so it's more this is going to be more about the different sort of design features of a juggling club rather than you know which juggling club is best but hopefully you should get quite a lot out of it also, if you're going to build a set of props, like a set of clubs or torches or knives or any, any kind of prop that flips round like a club, uh, these, these points should help you design a better one. And I will bring in some, some points about uh, torches and knives and things like that as I go along too. So, uh, Paul, are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, so let's get moving on with this. Well, first of all, things that you've got to w- worry about is the weight of the clubs. Now, there's different f- clubs sometimes feel heavy and feel light, and it's not always to do with the weight. I'll get onto that more in a minute. But all clubs weigh about between 200 and 300 grams each. 
So why should you go for a light club or a heavy club? Well, if you go for a light club, they make, you know, ow, Paula's holding a club in her hand. She just managed to hit me with it. Um, they, they're actually quite good for juggling five and six. You know, there's less weight to carry around, of course. Also, if a throw, if you throw a, a wild, you know, if a throw goes off to one side or something, and you can actually grab it and pull it back into the pattern, you know, so it takes less energy to actually change the direction of lighter clubs. Even though they can be slightly less steady in the air, heavier clubs are more stable as well. And also if you're outside juggling the wind, heavier clubs do make quite a bit of difference. The thing is about lighter clubs is that they're stronger. And that may seem a bit strange, but they've actually got higher durability because if you um, have something that's light and it hits the ground over and over again, like a mouse dropping from a, from a tree, it doesn't actually damage itself. But if you drop an elephant from a tree, it does damage itself. Does that make sense, Paul? It's just a fun imagination. It's, but it's true, actually. I, I was just saw that elephant falling down the tree. <laughs> okay, so I was actually um, uh, staying with Charlie. I was driving over a mouse last night. Yeah, I hit a mouse in the car, maybe. Yeah, it wasn't an elephant. I know. I once hit a badger in a car, and badgers, they're really heavy, and it completely wrecked the front of the car. Um, I felt really bad about it as well, because badgers are endangered species. Uh, yeah, I once stayed with Charlie Dancy, and Charlie was working in a, a bike factory at the time, and um, there was a desi- it was not a bike factory, it was a pedicab factory, and there was this one weight-bearing part of the pedicabs, and it kept on breaking. And one guy was just saying, hey, what we should do is we should make this part of the, um, of, of the, of the bike much much stronger we should you know make it heavier we should put a bigger part in there but charlie would say no because we add weight here it actually puts more pressure on the bike elsewhere or puts more pressure elsewhere so just because something is big and chunky doesn't actually make it more you know stronger it can actually spread the uh, spread the um uh, forces out and put weight you know put put um you know, damage elsewhere. So actually, the lighter the uh, the lighter the club, actually, the longer it'll last. Even though it seems a bit strange. Length of clubs. Uh, let's get onto the length of clubs. Normally, they're around about fifty centimeters. Uh, so do you want to get a do you want to get a ruler? And uh, what do you think, Paula? Just measure that out. Measure that out. I think it's what forty eight. Okay, so Paula thinks the PX three is about forty eight centimeters. I think it's about fifty two centimeters because that's what how big the case was that they didn't fit in. Sure. Why do you ask? <laughs> I don't know. It's just a so all clubs are around about the same size. Um, not a lot to talk about with the with the length of the club, except of course if it's shorter, it spins fast. If it's longer, it spins slightly slower. Let's talk about the body size of a club. Normally they're between about you know eighty millimeters. This is across the the, the widest part of the club. The the body size is about eighty um, millimeters up to about ninety five millimeters. But you can get things that are really small as well, like seventy millimeter clubs, which doesn't sound much less than 80 millimeter but when you see them they look tiny these are from renegade you know um oh no i think they're 75 millimeter clubs from renegade uh, and they're for small jugglers i think they were designed so that um and what for me no actually for anthony gatto when anthony gatto was like 12 years old he wanted to juggle uh eight or nine clubs anthony or something gatto like isn't small no but when he was small they said they said to uh, renegade they said can you design us a small club and they did i think the the fattest clubs that you can get are probably from dubai called the um I don't, actually, I'm not entirely sure what the big fat Dubai clubs are called, but they're absolutely huge. Can you remember Scott Seltzer had a, a set of them? Oh, these these plastic. Yeah, like the single solid body ones. Yeah, they are scary. But huge. And they are loud when they drop. Yeah. Um, they are heavy, I guess. Yeah, they are heavy, but they're single. Do they break? So, no, those ones don't break because they're like solid they constructions. Yeah, they're they're like elephants. 
but yeah, so you can have the different ones. If they're thinner, you can actually hold more in one hand and you can have a narrower pattern and you can obviously juggle, uh, you know, well with, like I say, more clubs, I guess. Five, six clubs are easier with thinner. Uh, but wider actually look better, I think. Uh, even though we juggle with uh, thinner clubs, I actually think the wider clubs look a lot better. Um, except that, you know, once they get too big, then they just look stupid. I've seen some clubs that they're just too big and they're stupid. Uh, and of course, the wider I the really club... I think it's cool that how different it looks when people juggle the same clubs yeah. but for example Jochen when he's juggling his six or seven blue clubs yeah. they look so tiny yeah. but they are normal sized clubs yeah, they but do. they look tiny yeah. even if it's so many and, and because he's he's big yeah, he should and, be. and with Luke Wilson his clubs always look so big <laughs> yeah even though he just uses I think he uses one uh, like 90 Renegade 95s and when Jochen uses the same size club which is about like the, the Henry's Albatross isn't it which is about 95 centimetres they just look like um, but maybe clubs. it's also the blue because Luke uses wide clubs. Yeah, and and Jochen uses blue clubs. We'll get onto color later. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, but <laughs> so let's get onto the center of balance. Now this is strange actually because you might not think it's important. Where is the center of balance of a club? Uh, well, it's of course where the club rotates around. Um, so. Um, uh, shouldn't make too much difference but it actually makes a huge amount of difference so um Polo, get a get a hammer yeah and you spin a hammer and of course the the the, the um the weight is all up at the the chunky end of the hammer so the handle spins around and you can actually throw a hammer and it's really difficult to um catch on the wrong end of a hammer actually Polo, have we got a hammer here no i think there's one over there. uh actually we're sitting in the van we can't really get to it in the moment but to catch the the wrong end of a hammer is really really difficult well comparatively of course to actually catching the handle and that's because the handle sticks out a long long way most clubs are designed so that the center of balance is somewhere forward of the handle and that's actually good because when the club is flipping around you put your hand out and the handle will always be the first thing that smacks into your hand because you know the the because if you put your hand out, you know, the, the end of the club, the, the, the fat end of the club misses your hand and the handle hits it. The thing is, there's some designs that don't get this right, where the, 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 the weight is actually down towards the handle. Uh, the worst thing that does this is the, uh, I think they're the new uh, torches from, I think, Play they are. And the, the weight is more in the handle than at the end. Now, I haven't tried them out with paraffin on the torches and lit, so maybe the weight is a bit different there. But you spin it round... And when you put your hand out, the flames pass closer to your hands than the end of the handle does, which is really disconcerting. Also, the uh, Babash knives, uh, the Mr. Babash juggling knives, which we actually just bought a set of because they're really, really light. And they juggle more like clubs, except that the, the blade is aluminium, not steel of some kind, stainless steel like other juggling knives. So the, um, so the blade sticks into your hand as it goes round. Do they? Well, not really sticks into your hands, you, but you've got to sort of juggle them with your sort of with your elbows out to the side and your hands a bit more sideways you and said stuff. They like. are really simple to juggle, and I should have a try. Yeah, they are. They're much much nicer to juggle yeah, because they're certainly. so light. Yeah, no, but it's but they uh, look. They look shit. What do? The knives. What the babash knives? Yeah. Why? Because they look like aluminium. Oh, okay. You can uh, really see that. And actually, when you when they you scrape them together, that much. Yeah. No, I don't scrape them anymore because it sounds so silly. That I don't do it. And yeah, with the yeah. other ones, it was a... Yeah, like really the, nice. the steel. And with them, it's like... Yeah, so uh, aluminium knives, I like them because they're really light and really wind. easy to juggle. No, no, they're okay, actually, in really? the wind, I found. Yeah, not bad at all. Anyway, so um, that, there you go. Babash knives, 
feel more like clubs to juggle but are too light and of aluminium other knives are, are weighted better as well anyway let's talk about the spin and look better, and look better. so let's talk about the spin so uh, the spin is I guess it's all down to the uh, what they call the the uh, the mass moment of inertia or the moment of inertia anyway what it means is that if there's weight at the ends of the clubs it spins slower and if there's more weight in the middle and the ends of the clubs are light it spins faster like you know you get on an office chair and you spin and you bring your legs in and you speed up and you put your legs out and you slow down again also the whole figure skater thing you see the figure skater and they spin and they bring their arms and they go that and then fall over or I would anyway so it's the same kind of thing with juggling clubs you get a longer club it's going to go slower and and shorter clubs go faster that's why people like Sergei Ignatov and uh, Mario Beresek who do this really fast juggling they use these really short stubby clubs and Sergei Ignatov doesn't even have yeah and they're wood as well and the the body is made out of polystyrene so there's no weight down there at all and all the weight is right in the middle the uh, another kind of thing that you do you know those sort of ball clubs that I have Polo with it like a ball yeah. with two hands on I think they're called half flips um, from some South American um, company I can't remember uh, but they spin really quick because all the weight is down in the middle and there's nothing at either end uh, the slow some of the slowest clubs to juggle even though they're really light radical fish actually juggle really slowly for some reason well I know the reason it's because the weight because they're so thin in the middle there's not a lot of weight and they've got these big chunky knobs on either end and that makes them spin quite slowly and another one which you may think you know should juggle nothing like radical fish at all renegade fatheads completely the opposite it's because the the shape of it goes up and there's like this bulb on the end and the big like thick handle down the other end they juggle really slow as well so slow spinning clubs are actually really good for doing back crosses throws between the legs and things like that because it just slows everything down any kind of body throw is a lot nicer with slower spinning clubs and if you want to do fast patterns juggle them juggle uh, the, the the clubs with like the the faster spin of course let's get on to another thing about juggling club design and that is the sweet spot now you probably haven't heard this about juggling clubs before the sweet spot is the place on the handle where you put your where where it stopped uh, tell you what, I'll go back a bit first of all what is a spe- sweet spot I get this term from sports. I guess uh, I've not heard it applied to juggling clubs before. It's not the um, uh, centre of balance. It's actually the place that when the when the club is swinging through the air and it meets something, it stops the spin and the movement of the club at the same time. I'll illustrate it with, say, a cricket bat or a, or a baseball bat or something. There's somewhere on the cricket bat that when you swing it at the ball, it transfers all the energy from the bat into the ball and the ball goes mild if you hit it too high up the bat sort of near the handle too much energy doesn't go into the ball and and the bat keeps swinging through after contact with the ball and if it goes too far down the bat sort of away from the handle too much energy comes from the ball into the bat and it sort of goes and shocks your hands and it's really weird so the same thing happens with a juggling club you throw a club spin it quite fast and catch it right at the very end of the handle what you're having to do is catch it and then stop the rotation of the club because actually let me just get this club here if you see what I mean here he goes like that yeah you see so so you're catching it but the club is still moving and you're not stopping it you catch it too far up the handle sort of where the body is you catch the club and you've really got to hold on to it because it keeps spinning in the same direction and goes out of your hand there will be a point on the club probably on the handle somewhere you can throw the club spin it well this is the thing let me get to that in a second yeah Um, you throw it spin it put your finger out not actually hold it just a single finger you can stop the club and it just stops dead in the air and you'll find that spot somewhere on the club 
and that is where the uh, that's where the sweet spot is. So you can actually throw a club, catch it maybe just between your th- finger and thumb because you can stop it dead in the air. Uh, devil stickers always already do this all the time because they instinctively they have to go for the sweet spot on the devil stick itself, and also they have a sweet spot on the hand sticks. So if you actually see someone like Marcus Furtner or something like that, he you see his hand sticks. There's only he only ever uses one tiny little piece of the hand stick. That's the sweet spot, and he only ever uses one tiny little piece of the devil stick. That's the sweet spot on the devil stick. That's where it stops the rotation and stops the movement as you well. Think the same it time. wears down at that. Yeah, point. it does. You see it. He gets. His, it? Yeah, it does. Ah, so that's what that's. What I'm getting at. So, what's this got to do with clubs? Well, some short handle clubs, like uh, the Aya clubs, the AJA clubs, I can never remember actually how to pronounce that. The sweet spot is too far forward, so far forward that it's not on the handle. It's actually in the body of the club. And some of the Henrys, like short handle clubs as well, like the long bodied Henrys with the short handles, the the sweet spot is also in the body of the club. So if you're juggling it with the handles, every single time you're catching, you're having to stop the motion of the club and then stop the rotation of the club. You know, and it's not the same force on your hand. It's not stopping on your hand. So it takes more, much more energy to juggle and feels a lot heavier always feels a lot heavier, which is really strange, even though the clubs are exactly the same weight, one club can feel heavier than another club to juggle and more tiring to juggle. So really check this out. Always, and you should always catch at the sweet spot. I, d- I did this um, uh, workshop with, um, uh, who was it? Oh, Maxim. Yeah, Maxim Kamara. Uh, years ago, and he says, oh, what I always do is catch at the end of the handle and always catch at the end of the handle. Then you don't need to slide the club through when you throw it again. And I was thinking, ah, it never really sounded right. And then when I actually came across this, it was a few years ago when I first started thinking about, you know, uh, the sweet spot on juggling clubs. And I worked out that catching by the handle isn't actually like the very end of the handle where the knob is isn't very good. Uh, and I thought, well, if Maxim does it, it can't be that bad. And then I was talking to Maxim earlier this year. He says, oh, I stopped juggling clubs a few years ago because my wrist were hurting me so I said last time I met him I said I know why the, your wrists were hurting it wasn't because you were throwing by the end of the handle it's because every time you were catching you were catching by the end of the handle and it was putting too much pressure on the wrist because you, you're catching it in the hand and then it was actually twisting his wrist over each time whereas if he was catching at the sweet spot he would catch it and it wouldn't twist his wrist over each time because it would just stop in his hand. Uh, now he's he's that is actually quite interesting. It I is quite expect to get something interesting out of that. What? This is what I'm trying to say. This is why I've got a lot of stuff to talk about with juggling clubs, mate. I don't think people know about the sweet spot because it actually makes it easier to juggle. And don't get clubs where the sweet spot is in the body of the club. Don't go for clubs with the, that the handles are too short. Um, now, to be honest, when I designed my the, the, these um, fire torches, I designed and built some fire torches for myself I made sure the handles were really short because I wanted the sweet spot to be nowhere near down where the handle was because I wanted when I catch it and it goes wrong I wanted it to go away from me not keep spinning into me so I actually made it so each time I caught the the fire torches um, I have to you know really do a proper catch and the fl- so that means the flames would always be traveling away from me when I caught them not you know always rotating into me so that's something else you've got to um, work out too um, so yeah sweet spot too far forward makes it feel too heavy and it doesn't actually have that much to do with the center of gravity it actually has to do with the length of the handle compared to the rest of the clubs any questions about that probably no okay let's move on to the construction of clubs um there's lots of different parts of clubs but except if of course you get the one piece there's two main different types of club construction one is a single molded piece of plastic like the like the uh, the flare 
I think the Beard One Piece clubs, some Todd Smith clubs, some Dubai, the Dubai Air Flights that Wes Peden uses, and like I say, those Dubai clubs and some Renegade clubs, you know, there's huge ones that like Scott Seltzer had, you know, for a And uh, yeah, of course, they're really good for club swinging because the knobs never come off. You will never <laughs> pull the knob off a club doing any, any club, sp- club we spinning. We don't do that. No, we don't do club spinning. Oh. The other main type of club, uh, oh, also those will never break. Or maybe they will break, but, you know, they'll last you years and years and years. Quite a few street uh, performers use those because they just last a long time. The other main type of construction is the European or sort of multi-piece construction. And this means lots of different bits that are sort of screwed and glued and taped and stapled and nailed and moulded together. The uh, main parts of it, I'll just uh, we'll go through these in individually. You get the dowel, the knob, the end, which is the other end, not the knob. The body, the handle, and there's like can be separators and other bits of joins and tapes and things like that, tape around the middle. But I'll go first on the dowel. There's two different things types of dowel. Of course, you get the the, the wood dowel, which most club manufacturers use, but uh, play uh, with the PX3 and their other clubs use a plastic dowel, and that's not only um, doesn't flake off and chip and stuff inside, like, uh, you know, beard clubs are notorious for this. I was juggling some beard clubs last night in Erlangen at the juggling club there, and they rattled, and I was like, oh, yeah, they must be beard. And I asked, what kind of clubs are these? And they said, they're beard, because, you know, the the bits of wood sometimes flake away inside beard clubs uh, and other clubs as well. But uh, I think beer clubs are sort of notorious for that. Uh, but the play with a plastic dowel, they last a long time. And also, I'll just say this, the more flexible something is, the more sh- or the stronger it'll be, the longer it'll last. Just get in a bike, on a bike with suspension. And with a sp- bike with suspension, you can ride at a rock or ride at a curb, ride at the edge of a pavement, and you just bounce up. And the bike should be okay because there's, there's like the, the wheel will give and the, the bike will give and you'll give. And then you get into a, a bike without suspension and um, ride it at a curve. It'll just break straight away. So it's the same thing with um, with PX3 clubs and the play clubs. That's why we're still using the same clubs two years later, um, doing you know thousands of hours worth of juggling with these clubs. Well, maybe not thousands, but you know a lot, a lot of juggling with these clubs. We juggle on the on the street. We juggle all the time. Uh, even I throw them at the ground. That's what we're doing when we're walking. In the parade the other day wasn't it just throwing them around i've no you know I, I just know that these clubs will last longer than longer than i'd need them that's why we bought a new set the other day uh because they're looking a bit tatty but they're not breaking anyway let's move on to the knob of a club um Polly, do you like knobs silence um so different kinds of knobs there's different shapes there's like the square knobs i say the square of course they're round like they're cylinder knobs uh these you'll find on renegades um renegade knobs are actually the material isn't that great because it, it wears away especially the black knobs they sort of wear away a bit and the white knobs they start with sort of like these sort of square edges but they turn round and round and round over time the uh, the other thing about renegade knobs if you're going to buy renegade knobs is that they're not screwed on they're glued on but the glue that they use to put the knobs on is actually stronger than the, the material, like the foam, plastic foam material of the knobs themselves. So what happens is that you um, is that when they break off, they leave a layer of knob stuck to the glue, stuck to the dowel, and then you have to glue it back on again. So you get if you glue the knobs back on a few times, you get a layer of glue, then dowel or, or then knob, and then glue, then knob, and then glue, and then the rest of the knob itself. So it's not very good at all. Uh, so many people who get renegades, they just screw the knobs straight onto the ends as, as soon as they get them which is a pity because the good thing about renegade knobs is that you can't see the screws in the first place so yeah uh, yeah Paul is just yeah, I don't mind seeing the screw either, but um, but renegades, you know, when you balance them on your nose, you not you don't have any sort of like dimple there, you know, it's oh, sort of just yeah. a uh, 
nothing to worry about in that way. So yeah, these phone knobs um, that you get, which like I say, yeah, they're screwed on mainly by uh, Beard and Henry's. They're sort of like quite hard foam, um, different shapes and sizes. The rounder they are, the better they are for doing club swinging, as I said before. But the thing is, these foam knobs, they're the thing that hit the ground time after time after time after time. So if they're not strong enough, they break. And all Henry's and Beard clubs and Renegades, actually most knobs, break off. Um, or wear down or twist over, and the, like the screw bends a lot on the um, on the Henry's clubs. You'll often see Henry's clubs with um, bent screws, which is a bit strange. The solid plastic knobs, though, are used by Play for the PX3, and I suggest you, if you ever get the um, if you ever get any new set of clubs, get some knobs from PX3, get some knobs from Play, and uh, and screw I think them on. We should tell at that point that you're not getting paid of play no no i'm not saying no i'm saying <laughs> buy advertise. any club no i'm not at all I, but i know i know quite a few people who have done this now they've, they've got the clubs and then they get the knobs from play and they put I'm them on there saying. i'm just yeah i'm, I'm just, just I, of course i will talk more about px3 clubs because those are the clubs that we use Polo. yeah but i can i can recommend all kinds of different clubs for different reasons and also the the the, the play knobs they they don't just come in black or white like most other knobs do you can get different colors you can get blue knobs and red knobs and pink knobs and all that kind of stuff so I personally only like white knobs or black knobs, but if you want to get blue knobs um, or a pink knob, go for it. Uh, so, yeah, let's um, let's go down a bit further. Oh, the end of the club, the other end, not the knob. There are a few kind of ends as well. Let's just start with Renegade again. They have an end which is glued on again, so there's no screw showing, which is really cool. The thing is, because it's only glued on, it does fall off. Um, but, uh, you know, you can just have to keep... Um, you know, adding sticking it, uh, yeah, adding new layers again, that kind of thing. The uh, play clubs that we use, uh, they they have like it's uh, the the end is screwed on, and then they put tape around it as well. And then what they do, they put this little disc in which has um, play. No, was it say PX3? And then, but they all fall out after time. But again, it doesn't really matter too much. What beards do on their cheaper clubs, they just have like this disc of foam, and they just screw it on, uh, which works quite well. But it's not that good. The the higher end beard clubs and most of the Henry's clubs they have these molded ends that are screwed on then they get this little bit of foam and they stick it over the screw and it doesn't come out um, sometimes it comes out but generally those ends work really well another thing about the end of the clubs that you should be trying out when you uh, try out clubs is that do they stand up so if you get a club let me just try with the px3 on this wonky table and uh, does that stand up does it stand no, it doesn't. Uh, so I guess PX3 clubs don't stand up very well at all. They just fall over. Clubs that do stand up are new clubs, generally, because the, the ends haven't worn away. But Radical Fish, they have huge, big, chunky ends of them, and they sort of stand up right. The other thing about Radical Fish ends is that you can trap them because they're like a big knob kind of end. So you can actually do club traps with the wrong end of the club. Some people, uh, like Henry's uh, Delphins, they, they stand up okay, and some other clubs do as well. What some people do is actually modify the ends of the clubs. I know Ben Richter, Ben Ben Smalls um, from Berlin, he modifies the ends of his clubs. So they actually stand up uh, on stage, so he can do routines where he can he can stand them up on stage. Uh, yeah, and again, the thing is about the knobs is that they also hit the ground first quite a lot of the time. So if there's anything that breaks first on the club, it will either be the knob or the end of the club. Handles. Now I could talk about the the single piece constructions, but they're just like hard plastic which is a pity so onto the uh, like the, uh, the the European like the multi-piece constructions you get the molded clubs which are like Henry's Delphins and a few beard clubs like the beach clubs and some of the uh, some of the play clubs and they're quite normally quite thick chunky handles and sometimes quite hard 
but lots of people like them like Thomas Dietz he uses the Henry Delphins and other people like that lots of Scandinavian jugglers use the Delphins and they've got like these like molded solid pieces the other thing is the wrapped plastic which is pretty much most other clubs like the um, the beard clubs radical fish of course all the renegades the uh, the pirouettes the albatrosses from Henry's and most of the PX3 clubs as well or like the Vegas PX3 and these are normally thinner handles and a bit softer um, and they're just plastic wrapped round and then normally so often some tape wrapped around on top of them as well these will actually won't last as long as the molded handles but they're a lot nicer to juggle and it used to be that handles normally came in just one color which was white or just black but now a lot of the um uh, a lot of the club manufacturers are actually doing it with different colored handles too let me let's go on to the color Polly, you had something to say about color before what were you going to say about that i just said that the size looks different the size looks different. They are white. Yeah, they, they look, look bigger. bigger. No, it's true. White clubs do look bigger. It's what girls use, you know. Yeah. When you wear black, you look thinner. Is that because, right? Because yeah, because you can't see the shadows, so everything looks like one big mass, right. and that makes you look thinner. And with white, you see all the <laughs> details. <laughs> yeah, with white you look fat. With white clubs, they look great. And they're a neutral colour, neutral character, and you can get on any stage in any light, and they look good. The thing is, when they get dirty, they uh, they turn grey, you know. And if it's a coloured club, uh, like a, an orange club, you, it gets dirty, it turns slightly darker orange. So coloured clubs, you can actually get them dirtier for longer and still get away with it. White clubs, as soon as you get any little speck of dirt on them, it looks bad. But um, and also, if you've got a white club with black knobs, black foam knobs, this is also a recipe for disaster because they, the black knobs leave um, marks on white clubs. They also leave marks on ceilings. So if you're going to juggle at home in your living room, get a club with white knobs rather than black knobs. Must say that too. Uh, That's but what you always get t told in the gym. Yeah. Don't wear black shoes. Exactly. <laughs> and most black knobs do leave marks. I don't think actually the the the, uh, the play knobs leave marks because because they're a lot harder. Because uh, they are play. No, it's because they <laughs> they use harder knobs. Whereas like Renegade, which is like the softest knobs you can get, uh, they they leave black marks all over the place. And decorations. I think it's pretty much the last thing I'm going to talk about now. Is the decorations um, because it's the least important thing unless you're performing and you want to get decorations. some decorations. There you can see if someone is a hippie juggler or if someone is a. Uh, Profession. Juggler. So, how do you tell which? What, what was a hippie jugglers use? They just paint their clubs, or they have like stars on them, or every single club is different. And Why professionals? Are you no, no, it's true. I just think that it's great that you that you've. Uh, the, the professionals have all the same clubs. Yeah. I mean, when they perform, it's not one green, one orange. Some performers do, but yes, that's yeah, generally correct. Yeah, but then correct. there's a reason. Yeah, for yeah, that. sure. But generally, if you're going to be performing with the clubs, get all the same color, get all the same design. It looks really good. And if you're going to just juggle for fun, get anything that you want. Do anything that you want with the clubs at all. That's all I can say. The because uh, we perform with these with these with these clubs and we actually decorate them. I decorate them ourselves because the decorations never last that long. So I always put new uh, new holographic tape on. Wow, look at that. That's really bad, isn't it? But I think it's quite nice to 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 look at all the different clubs, like how people design yeah. the clubs themselves. Now, when you actually buy clubs, you will get different kind of designs on them. So you can buy them designed. I think Beard have the the greatest, like the, the biggest variety of different kinds of designs because they've got this design with like the spiral tape. Uh, the, the two most common designs that you get is like the, um, just the, the uh, what do you call this? It? the holographic paper stuck around either end of the body. This is the, the longer lasting design, even though it's paper and it's taped down uh, because 
again the, the paper never gets hit you know it, the club either lands on the end the two ends or around the widest part of the body and there's no decoration around the widest part of the body which means the club wears down but the the decoration is saved the the other main ki- type of decoration is the circus decoration which is strips of silver tape or different color tape and they run down the length of the body and because they put them down the length of the body where it's wider in the middle the body of the club shows through which looks really cool say if you get a green or a blue or a purple club and you put the strips of of, of silver tape down it i think that's a really really cool design and it looks really flashy and it spins and it looks great the thing is that the the tape down the middle like the, the widest point of the club um gets badly damaged quite a bit of course. Of course it does. So um, if you're going to be uh, doing any kinds of juggling, you know, any practice and things like that, your clubs will get bashed up. The The decoration never lasts as long as you think it's going to do. You have two sets. Either one two sets, yeah. and one for stage. Yeah. Play came out with this idea of using like this metallic plastic, um, which is sort of vacuum molded onto the club. Does and it, it well, it doesn't rip, it doesn't tear, it looks really good. The thing is it wears off over time because it's plastic. And, you know, when a layer of plastic gets worn off, it's gone. You know, you can't repair it in any way unless you've got some kind of metallic vacuum molding oven at home. So in the end, you will, even if you get the play clubs with a metallic decoration, you will have to end up putting on a few more, um, you know, layers of, of decoration. But that's what's going to happen with any club that you get. Unless you get a club without decoration, you perform without decoration, which is, of course, more artistic. Um, no, actually, it's not. I, I was saying about that, Paul. It's not. No? No. Okay. I was saying about the, the P, PX3 clubs, we actually got one with one of these moulded silver pieces, and then we put I put the holographic paper on top of it, and then when the holographic paper splits, like it has on this one that yeah. we've got here, you don't, you don't notice it at all. So maybe that's but the just way... because we use silver and silver. Yeah, that's only because we use uh, like silver and silver decorations, not any other kind of decorations. So I think that's pretty much it. That's all I've got to say about juggling clubs, things to look out for when you're buying. Again, I say try as many different kinds of clubs as you can. I've personally owned or juggled a lot um, of most of these different kinds of juggling clubs that I've talked about. Uh, the only type of clubs, the, the only sort of big brand of clubs that I've not juggled a lot is Babash Flips. When you had orange clubs. Orange clubs, yeah. I had uh, Renegade um, 85s, which are fantastic. And I've, uh, I don't use them anymore because they all broke. But the Renegade Fatheads really enjoy juggling them, except they're huge and I've never brought them over from England to Germany. But I, I always used to enjoy juggling them. Um, and uh, what else have I had? Oh yeah, beard clubs. I've had some. Uh, I've, I've juggled quite a lot of the fish, which are great. I actually quite enjoy passing with fish because you can you can grab them different ends as well. Oh yeah, also I'm talking about the sweet spot. The sweet spot on the wrong end of the club is actually a big chunk of the club because there's there's less uh, if the club is designed well there's less distance from the center of gravity to the end of the club and that's why it actually feels easier sometimes to catch a club on the wrong end you know when you catch a club on the wrong end you think oh this should be really difficult because it's really big but it actually goes slap and it normally just stops there and it's also the reason why if you want to juggle flats clubs with no like juggling clubs with no spin at all uh, juggling on the wrong ends can actually be easier because you're using the sweet spot all the time and it's actually bigger um, what was I saying as well yeah I've also had yeah beard uh, circus specials I've owned some of them and uh, now uh, PX3 clubs I've had other clubs as well over the years and, and juggled lots of them but I, I say if you're going to go for a club go for the you know um, uh, Henry's Pirouettes or Albatross you can't go wrong with them uh, the PX3s they're uh, really good as well and uh, and Renegade 85s if you just want to uh, replace knobs all the time but uh, those are, those are, those would be my recommendations those are the clubs that I've enjoyed juggling most uh, over the years Anything else, Paula? World peace. Okay. Because last time I got an email, someone saying, Paula, you forgot the world peace. <laughs>
I know I mentioned that on the last podcast with Nathan. You didn't. You haven't listened to that one yet, have you? No, but did Nathan say world peace? He did actually say world peace. I'm glad. <sighs> Isn't it good? Thank you, Nathan. So uh, that's and all my love, <laughs> especially to you. Uh, so that's the that's the end of the uh, end of the podcast. Sorry about the recording quality of this, but we have got we're just doing it straight onto our laptop, and sometimes laptops go. So if it's a bit noisy at some point, uh, sorry about that. And uh, we'll tell you about our next street show festival. Yeah, and and the EJC as well. It's all going to happen there. So if you want to be part of the debates at the EJC, send in the emails. This we've gone on for what like forty-five minutes now with this podcast, which is plenty far enough. But hopefully you've learnt something about juggling clubs and uh, enjoyed enjoyed what we've been saying. So um, thanks a lot. See you next week for or in a few weeks' time for podcast uh, juggling podcast number twenty-eight. Bye. <laughs>